This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now on Food FM, you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. Caroline and her guests make sense of the world through food, from politics to farming, making and cooking. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Hello, I'm Caroline Kenyon, and it's my great pleasure to welcome a very unusual entrepreneur today, Danny Viner of Hexclad. Welcome, Danny. Uh, welcome. I will. T- though I appreciate the, the Germanization, of, of, but it is a much uglier sounding whiner than, than Viner. <laughs> now I've got it, but I'm going to call you Danny anyway. <laughs> I, I prefer that. Great. Well, Danny, you're over in LA and here I am in the UK. And I think I can safely say that we're united by a passion for food. You've started a really interesting and exciting business, which I think kind of came upon you slightly unexpectedly. Do you want to tell us a little bit of your, your early entrepreneurial story about Hexclad and explain to our listeners exactly what it is. To be as brief as possible, I worked for uh, another cookware company that specialized more in cookware for restaurants. Essentially, I saw market changing and customer uh, shopping patterns changing a bit. So I wasn't sure what it what the next step was. But around 2010, I went to the owner of the company. I came in, I brought my laptop and I had Facebook on the screen. And I'm, I'm like, this is where we need to be. I don't know how yet, but we need to create a community here because you couldn't really monetize it at that point. And he put his hand in my face like that. And he said, listen, kid, this Facebook thing, it's never going to last. <laughs> and I, I walked out of his office and I said, I got to start my own company. And essentially, my co-founder, who was my top salesman, we started thinking of ideas. What can we do? We did. We want to compete directly with our friends at the, our existing company, and uh, and we were attracted to products that needed a story to be told. Like we, you know, sometimes we, we both like the sound of our own voice. So we're, so we said, let's find something that we can tell a story that needs to be demonstrated, maybe. And we went into the juicer business. Juicing was exploding in the U.S. Like everybody was drinking a green juice for their health. And so we had a really cool juicer that did very well. And all of a sudden in 2016, we found out our juicers were defective. And we had to shut the business down overnight. It was the hardest thing we ever had to do. Luckily, I had been to Asia about two weeks before. And it's one of those moments where... You know, thank God I wasn't on my phone. I, you know, I wasn't looking to the right. I looked to the left and I saw a Korean barbecue plate with these hexagons on it. And I went over to look at it. And normally, very often in Asia, you're meeting with people, they're, they're all stealing each other's ideas. And you're never going to find the guy. But I did. I found the guy. He pulled, up, pulled out 13 patents. And I said, can you do this with frying pans? And he's like, here, I already worked on a couple. And he showed them to me. And it was very fascinating because what he had done was he had laser etched hexagons on the pan. And what it did was it, the center of the hexagon, the, the steel was removed. So when you put nonstick on the pan, the nonstick was sitting in the recesses. So 
essentially you got a very easy cleanup, but you could take a metal spatula, scrape across it, and you never touch the nonstick. And I'm like, this is a game changer. This is the first real technology change in the space that I had seen. And he and I spent about a year and a half until, God, until about the end of 16, tweaking weights and thicknesses and handles to make it good for the Western market. And we launched at the end of 16. During that time, we were trying to raise money and everybody laughed at us. They're like, there's no way you're going to compete against Le Creuset. There's no way you're going to compete against all these legacy brands. And when we told them, oh, and by the way, we're going to be D to C. <laughs> we're not, we don't want to be in stores. And so Cole and I essentially, I cashed out my retirement. We, we applied for credit cards and maxed them out. And we completely self-funded. And then by the end of 17, all of a sudden, it exploded. And we've been on this rocket ship, knock on wood, ever since. What a wonderful story, Danny. And I love the fact that the more people say you can't do it to you, the more you want to go and do it. And you're going to knock down the doors. And uh, as a fellow entrepreneur, I really identify with that. When people tell me I can't do something, I know I'm going to show them. So I feel like I'll show them is the sort of, the, the kind of driving force in your life. So just let's just go back a little bit because I know sure. that you come from a foodie background. I read that your your Italian grandma was uh, one of the, you know, a really kind of a force to be reckoned with and a force in your life and a top chef. So tell me about her and the influence she had on you. You know, I had that like almost like stereotypical Sicilian grandmother and it like sometimes a bit gruff, but everything was like ended up like getting like forced kiss, kissed a hundred times on your cheek and then a plate of food put in front of you. And um, her family emigrated from Sicily to the U.S. when she was a young girl. And when she was in third grade, her father said, listen, we have we have 15 children, of course, like good, good Catholic Italian. <laughs> did. And he's like, the boys need an education. You do not. So you need to quit school in the third grade and sell vegetables. And she quit school and sold vegetables in the, in the streets of Buffalo. How old was she? She was third grade. Here is uh, nine, nine years old. Oh. And, you know, and she developed a love for food and she was good at it. And, you know, in every every kind of so much of us, especially when you're an immigrant, you, you start cooking with your family because you don't have money to go out. You don't have entertainment money, but you celebrate around the table. And... Um, and that's what she did. And she wound up getting a job in a restaurant. But the only job a woman could get was they called her the salad girl. And she was she was allowed to prepare the salads. And they weren't interesting salads now, like now. They were the salad, you know, simple salad you got before the meal. And they wouldn't let her cook. And no, so no one would give her a job. And eventually she saved every penny she could. And in the 1950s, she opened her own Italian restaurant. And then I would say in the in America, like people weren't eating uh, risotto. They weren't eating really like fancy Italian stuff, the stuff that's become common now. It was more red sauce, you know, simple, but like great ingredients she made. Everything had to be fresh and seasonal, but it was simple. And um, and it was a, a big hit. The restaurant did well until, I mean, she retired finally at 78 or 79 years old. But what was great and what I'm really proud of her for she always provided opportunity for other female cooks. Her entire kitchen, like I got a picture from the mid 60s. The entire kitchen is all female. The only male is the bartender in case somebody got drunk and had a, 
you know, kept in line. That was uh, an uncle of mine. But yeah, she all female staff, um, which, which was great. So she was, you know, she, she kind of instilled the love of food in the entire family. And she was obviously an influence on you in terms of drive and ambition. You know, she was, but I, I will say this. Um, you watch, it became the norm. Like, if you want something, you have to go out and get it. Nobody's going to hand anything to you. Sadly, as I think I was really getting to the point where I appreciated her wisdom. And like I said, she wasn't a really well-educated woman, but she had street smarts. Uh, and unfortunately, she developed dementia just as I was stupidly finally finding her really interesting outside of just being my grandmother. So when she, when I was about 20 years old, she started, you know, she, she had Alzheimer's and it was, you know, it goes very quickly the last, those last couple of years. And uh, so, you know, I do regret that I didn't get to, to, you know, get more wisdom from her, but I'm grateful that for what I did get. I'm sure she'd be immensely proud of you. Yeah. So once you've found this amazing product, and it does sound so clever, and it's also ringing bells in my mind, Danny, because um, my husband's uncle was the first ever TV chef in the UK in the 1940s and 50s called Philip Harbin. And he was really a superstar. Uh, very sadly, I, I never knew him. I came onto the scene far too late. But um, he developed a range of kitchenware called Harbinware which is still going. And my husband assures me that there was some kind of nonstick aspect to this kitchenware, whether that's correct, I don't know. But, but tell me more about it. And, you know, I, I, I'm such an enthusiastic cook myself. What is it, do you think, that transforms the process of cooking with equipment that is just so spot on? You know, that's, a, that's actually a really good question um, because, you know, I don't get that very often. Like, you know, what's unique about it as a home cook, I would like, I like to think I have a very good palate. And if you talk to my co-workers and co-founders that they, they, you're like, oh, they think I'm a foodie, know it all when we go out for dinner. But I know what I like, but I, but I know like enough about the cooking processes that tools do matter. And, and really what we were going for was to make the best of all worlds pan. And the thing was like, there's like, the, there's the saying, the jack of all trades, the master of none. I don't, I don't want our pan to be the jack of all trades and the master of none. I want it to be the master of all trades. And I think we've come very close to that because one, it heats incredibly evenly. Heating of the pan is probably the most important thing. And you know, you know chefs will tell you that. We, we get people go, oh, you know what? I cooked an egg and my egg stuck. And we go, lower the temperature. You're cooking too high. When they lower the temperature, then all of a sudden the eggs, you know, slide right out of the pan. To get the benefits of cooking with less butter, grease, oil, if you want to, you can do that with our pans. More importantly, there are so many single parents. Uh, there are so many households where both parents have to work. Time is of the essence. And what you don't want to do is take a pan, leave it in the sink, soaking with water all night, and then you wake up as you're getting the kids ready and you have to put your hands in and scrub a dirty, greasy pan that's been in the sink overnight. Our pans clean up easily. So you get that great heating, you get that durability, but I think the fact is you do get a significant time savings as well. So, um, so I think those are the main keys to what makes it a very unique pan. And uh, you know what, and let me say one other thing because I think this is key. We really consider ourselves a sustainable product. This product was built to be durable. And durability 
is the most important type of sustainability. You know, I can be good about putting a plastic water bottle in the right bin. However, the best thing is to not use a plastic water bottle over and over again, right? So, so our pan is designed to last years. So the best thing we can do is give you value for your money. Our product's not cheap. So I want you to be comfortable knowing it's a one-time purchase. And if you ever do have a problem, we have the best lifetime warranty. We'll replace the pan. You know, we want you to buy it, but we only want you to buy it one time. That's a very fantastic way to uh, to sell it, definitely. So tell me about the relationship with Gordon Ramsay. How did that come about? Because uh, he's no pushover. We know that he has the highest of standards. You know, he really does. You know, it's so strange because in this journey, which I sometimes pinch myself, you know, when, you know, like when my phone rings, like a couple days ago, I, you know, my phone rings, I look down, it says Gordon Ramsay on my cell phone. And I'm like, you know, I'm like weird that I'm getting calls from this man. And in 2017, we didn't have enough money to, we couldn't afford to have the cookware package from the factory. We would go in our backyard and put it in boxes ourselves. So in the summer of 2020, the gentleman who was managing our social media account, uh, he calls me up and he goes, hey, Danny, guess what? Gordon Ramsay's following us on Instagram. I'm like, wow, really? And he goes, yeah, should I reach out? I'm like, yeah, of course, why not? You know, so we sent a, uh, a message. And, it, you know, I'm sure, you know, it was one of Gordon's, I know it was one of Gordon's assistants, picked up the message. Oh, hi, yeah, we, you know, I think Gordon has one of your pans and really likes it. Fantastic. Can we send some more over? Oh, please do. By the way, does Gordon have a partnership with the cookware company? And she's like, I don't think so, but I'll let you know. And then about three or four days later, I was on a phone call with Gordon's business manager. And, uh, you know, when he said to me, he goes, look, Gordon really likes your pan. He thinks it's value. It works well. He loves the durability aspect of it. And he's like, you know, and yeah, you, you could hire Gordon for commercial if he likes your product, possibly. But he goes, Gordon really would like to be more involved, I think. And I'm like, let's talk about that. And he's like, I will tell you this. When you're involved with Gordon Ramsay, you will get more than you bargained for. And I'm like, that sounds both good and bad in a, in a way. He said, it's, he said, it's good. And uh, we had one more call. And then I said, you know what? I think we need to talk to Gordon. So we set up a Zoom call because this is now fall of 20 and it's full pandemic. I remember I log on Zoom and there is John Gordon's just face right on the screen. And I can't do a Gordon accent, but I always try. But he's like, you must be Danny. And I'm like, you must be Gordon, right? And we started talking and we're both can be blabbermouths a little bit. <laughs> so we're yapping about ideas and it felt so natural. And Gordon's like, I'm going to do this. We're going to cook risotto table side in my restaurant. We're going to do this. Danny, I'm going to do more for the product. I love this. And, and it went on. He goes, you know, I'm going to put it on my TV shows. He goes, I'm not doing this because I need money. He goes, I, I'm okay. I'm like, yes, I, I have a feeling you are okay. He's like, I love the product. And it was very natural. I, I had 20 minutes scheduled for the call. And we talked for an hour, almost an hour and a half about what we were going to do. It's, you know, and then obviously you got to let the lawyers handle the details for a while. And that take a few, took a few months. You know, it's been a great, great relationship. Like he includes us, you know, he didn't have to put us on his TV shows. And he's like, I'm putting you on. Like that was just him saying I'm doing it because it's a good product. Uh, he's, you know, they just redid the Savoy Grill and they're using our products there. They use our products, not exclusively, but in restaurant Gordon Ramsay. 
different restaurants here in the U.S. He's he's hooked us up with, you know, that's how we got involved with Paul Ainsworth, who's amazing. You know, he's like Gordon's like this guy's great. So he's done so much. And and by the way, he wants to do product development. He so like I run stuff by him. He 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 has marketing ideas. It's like you know, it's it's really impressive. You know, the 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 he can't sit still. So he's like busy, 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 and he loves it. So it's it's been fantastic. That's such a wonderful story, Danny. But you know, you've you've made all that so-called luck happen because you've just gone out and gone for it. And I I I did read about you beforehand, and I know that you had a few full starts earlier, and it took you a little while to find your way. But you're obviously so excited by and passionate about what you're doing that you're attracting people to you. Does well, that sound know- fair? Yeah, you know, thank you for saying that. And, you know, and I think like, you know, life is very, very strange. And, you know, I didn't really, you know, become highly successful until I was in my 50s. And I not that I wasn't like, you know, I I had that job, my old company where I was overpaid, you know, I was good at it, and I was overpaid. So what that did was it kept me docile. And like they call that phrase, the golden handcuffs, you know, you, you know, I would pay too much to leave, but I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. And then, and this I would, advice I would give to anybody is the best thing that happened to me was failing with our first product, because that's why we're a success right now, because there was a bit of arrogance and my arrogance, and it wasn't like a bad arrogance. My, oh, let me say this, overconfidence led me to misjudge the marketplace and this is easy to do. I get pitched by people often and I'm like, I don't see how this is a marketable product. And it's okay if you want to make it in your garage and sell it on weekends and it's a hobby or you expect it to be a very, very small business. It is, however, not investable. But I think so to look at that. So I tell people, embrace your failure and really ask people did they see it coming? Sometimes your friends are like, yeah, I never thought that was going to work or I thought that was a bad idea. Listen to the people around you and, and ask them for brutal honesty because that will save you time. And that is the other thing. Ask for help. And that's something I've had to learn the hard way. Um, and I learned, uh, you know, my second in command, our president, uh, uh, Jason, he's really good about that. Like, uh, you know, I, I come up with good ideas. He doesn't have a good idea. You know what he does? He asks everybody he knows, and that gives us an accelerator a little bit. And I've learned that from him. Hey, ask. I reached out to a bunch of CEOs. What would you do in this situation? My the old me would have gone on my computer and researched it for two weeks till I found the right chat room. Now I just ask for help. I don't care if they think I'm a bad CEO or <laughs> I'm unqualified. Ask the question. You 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 get from A to B much much faster. That's so interesting. So d- tell me what your your future ambitions are, Danny. It doesn't sound like you're somebody who lets the grass grow under your feet. So you want to grow Hexclad, I'm sure. Have you got ideas for other businesses in the food world? We, you know, what's interesting is is we we are more successful now than um, you know than I thought we would be um, when we started. So that had like originally we wanted to have a bunch of different products, maybe in a bunch of different spaces. We love the food space, but now we are a a kitchen slash home 
software company. However, what we are is a best-in-class consumer brand in the food space. Um, so essentially, we want to own not only the kitchen, but the experience around the kitchen. Does that mean creating amazing content where you want to watch this, whether it's Gordon doing a recipe, whether it's Paul Ainsworth just did this great video of like people opening up their fridge and him coming up with ideas on the spot of what's in there. We also, we want to create high quality products that you only need to see the name Hexplaid that you know to trust them. I, I almost like Apple or uh, like for my youth, Sony in the 1980s. If my father needed new stereo equipment, he didn't even have to buy a magazine and look at it. He'd go into the store and he asked where the Sony equipment was because great, great customer service, high quality product, and he knew what he was getting. That's what I see Hexplat as. Everything we're making, if it's not the best, we, we drop it. Like we, we dro we're going to be launching a new case in our pepper mill and salt mill. It is the best pepper mill ever. And it took me two years to make it. I couldn't get it right. And you know what I did? I'm like thinking, what's harder than a peppercorn? Well, coffee beans are harder. So I reached out to a manufacturer of coffee grinders. And I said, have you ever made a pepper mill? And they're like, no, we never have. I go, what do you think? Let's start working on it. And so we reverse engineered it from a coffee bean grinder. And now we have the best pepper mill. And, and that's really what we're adding. Quality products that you know you're going to get you're going to get the best and that they're backed by this company. And, and, and the other part is the exciting opportunity globally. You know, we're still in our, you know, we're an infant in the UK still and in the EU. We only started last year and it takes a few years to grow something. We are launching in Australia. That's why I was with Gordon in Australia last week. Um, we were launching in Australia in, in August. Uh, we're launching in Japan at the end of the year or during the holidays. So, those are our ways to really expand our global footprint and make Hexclad like a, the, the best in class kitchenware brand. Wonderful. What a lovely, joyful, ambitious, energizing prospect for you. There's so much for you still to achieve, isn't there, Danny? Yeah, sometimes I, uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? But, but it is it's exciting. But then I hop out of bed. I don't see morning. you on the golf course. I do occasionally if it's business related. But I'll, like we have yeah. a lot, we have a three day weekend. You know, we have, a, we have our Memorial Day holiday on Monday. And in this, I love that I'm actually, I forgot it was Memorial Day weekend. My sister is, she's a school teacher. She's like, oh my God, I need to get away from the kids for a couple of days. And I said, oh, I'm like, I'm like depressed that I don't get to come to work on Monday. And I really feel that way. I'm like, oh three days. I mean, I know I'll work from home a little bit, but I love coming in and seeing our, our people. So I'm like, oh, I guess I got to wait till Tuesday. They need the day off. Wonderful. Well, I bet they love working with you, Danny. I'm sure there's never a dull moment. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Uh, I think sometimes I drive them a little crazy, but, but the good thing is we have a really, really uh, great culture here. Um, and that's like, people want to come to work. They don't, they don't like they might work one day from home and obviously more people are remote now, but people come in three, four days a week and I don't really have to ask them to. I think there's that, you know, that term FOMO, have your you know, fear of missing out. I think there's a little bit of that, that they're going to miss out some fun or some like creative aspect of, of the job. And 
that that's that's really rewarding lovely well thank you so much Danny. i've so enjoyed talking to you and hearing your exciting journey and i know that it's only stage one there's several oh. more stages to come so we will watch with great interest thank uh, you I, I i appreciate it thanks so much caroline you're listening to bread and butter with caroline kenyon to find out more about food fm and our content go to foodfmradio.com